0: All right, and we're live. Hello. Hi. All right. Uh, Welcome to the Savage Bloggers Network uh, Hangouts on Air. Um, I'm Christian Serrano, and with me tonight is Sean Gaston, the creator of the Clockworks webcomic. He's also the illustrator for uh, Streets of Bedlam. If you haven't checked out that setting, we'll we'll talk about that more later on and, uh, you know, get into that. Kind of want to go into some history with Sean and uh, sort of uh, where, you know, sort of what, how I became familiar with him and how I've started following his work. And, um, uh, probably about 2006 or 2007, I think, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong uh, on that date, but, um, you were doing chainmail bikini as a collaborative project with, um, with Seamus Young yep. of DM of the ring and, uh, chainmail bikini at the time was hosted on the fear of the boot podcast website. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. And how long did that uh, did that series run for, Chainmail Bikini?
1: We did that for about a year, I want to say. Um, about 50 comics before um, I got horribly burned out on it. Um, and this was sadly before, like, uh, Patreon and Kickstarter and all of that, so we were making basically no money. And I was, you know, spending six hours of page drawing it, and it got, you know, kind of old. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was a fun process to make until, you know, it stopped being fun and had to, you know, work real jobs.
0: Right, and, and what about it in particular became unfun for you?
1: Um, it's, it's, I mean, drawing a comic is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're doing all of the artwork yourself. Um, and so if you're going to be drawing a comic, it really has to be your baby, I've found. Or you're getting paid, you know, real money for it. Um, or both would be ideal. Uh, but we're like, cl- cl- uh, Chainmail Bikini, I was brought on as an artist, after they'd already come up with the idea. And it was a very collaborative process once we were writing it. But it, you know, it was something that I was doing because it seemed like it was fun, and not necessarily because I had a burning desire to tell that particular story, um, which is a big difference between Clockworks and that.
0: Right, okay. And... Um... So at some point in time, um, you you wrapped up chainmail bikini. It was probably I think what around two thousand and seven, I think, or so. Uh, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. And so when you're wrapping up chainmail bikini, one of the things I if if you look back at the last strip, I think it is, um, which is kind of cool, you you actually have a, a nod and a reference to Clockworks, and uh, and I think even in there, in the in the, in the um, I don't know if it's in the Where Are They Now or in the actual you know, blog post itself for that strip. You talk about you know, moving over to Clockworks and doing work on that.
1: Yeah, um, by the time we did the last strip, I'd actually already started Clockworks. Oh, okay. Um, because unfortunately, the comic ended you know, in you know, burnout and you know, not a proper finish. So um, when we changed hosting off of Fear the Boot, I put it up on my site, and we reposted all the old comics. Uh, Seamus and I went back in 2010, I think it was, and uh, wrote a proper final comic for it. Because uh, they were fun characters. We wanted to give them a real send-off, you know? Um, and so by then I was already making Clockworks, and I threw in a little Clockworks joke just because it made me happy.
0: Yeah, I, I remember the, the characters in Chainmail Bikini were absolutely hilarious. And I, and I think just about every GM or every player could relate to at least one or more of those characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or we have some of those characters in our, in our uh, uh, RPG groups. Yeah,
1: so. Even if you don't want them.
0: Yeah, even if you don't want them. You love them, but they're there. And, you know, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, all warts and all, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, have you done anything before Chainmail Bikini? And how how did you sort of get started in illustration? What was your background with that?
1: Um, I I, I just never really stopped drawing from when I was a kid. Uh, Much like how I never really stopped playing role playing games. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, um, I've been drawing everything since I was a kid. And I started doing web comics. Uh, My first one was. 2002 or something. Um, there's this little tiny comic called doors and windows. That was kind of a film noir horror story, uh, that like five people read and those five people really liked it. Um, but nobody else really knew it existed.
0: Oh, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: think I remember that one. It was, um, it's a black and white. Um, there's like a detective chain smoking and there's demons and spooky stuff. That's um, right. That's right. I think I do remember that. So, um, when DM of the rings was wrapping up, um, The Fear the Boot guys, I was friends with them. And actually Luke from Fear the Boot introduced me to Savage Worlds, which brings us all around here. Um, And so they had offered Seamus to um, do a follow-up comic, and instead of doing screenshots, they were going to team him up with an artist, and Luke offered me the spot, and so that's how Chainmail Bikini happened. Nice. Yeah.
0: Very nice. And was Chainmail Bikini was that was that based on an actual like group and, and interactions among those group or was that just something you guys came up with on the top uh, the end? joke
1: is um, that it's the same party from DM of the Rings Oh that's couple, right with a couple of new players turn in um, and I don't remember who exactly is who because it's been a few years but um, but yeah so that was the idea there nice. was that it was just those guys and I think they kind of morphed a bit like they became a bit cartoonier in Chainmail Bikini than they are in, GMO, in DM of the Rings and not just because you saw them as cartoons. Right. Their right. personalities, I think, became a bit more less realistic and right. you know, sillier. But yeah, they were originally the same basic characters.
0: That's pretty cool. I, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I think there was actually a segue. Uh, yeah, because we,
1: we had Aragon show up again.
0: Right, um, right. Yes. <laughs> very cool, very cool. So, so with Clockworks, um, you know, what, how, how was that conceived? Was that, a, was that a setting first? Was it a comic
1: first? What, what was the origins of that for you? Uh, that was a uh, tabletop role playing campaign. That was a Savage Worlds game, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's you know I've originally had stats for all the characters up on the site, and it's you know, been connected to the Savage Worlds community ever since. Um, but Clockworks was actually the third. Campaign that I had run or played in that general setting, and what just happened was um, we would made characters, and I loved them so much. I was like, "Oh, these guys are great! These are so much fun!" And I posted a thing. and I was like, "I actually posted a uh, Do you remember like how they used to do those they fight crime jokes? Yeah, like back yeah. in like you remember that meme? Uh, but I was like, you know, she's a you know grim detective missing for her parents. He's a you know foreigner monster hunter." He's a giant troll who builds machines. They fight crime.
0: And together they fight crime, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And I was like, these guys are great. And I was like, I would totally watch a show based on these characters. And uh, my friend Ken, who, plays, uh, who played Thornton in the original game, was like, or maybe read a webcomic. Nice. And that really just got the idea you know, stuck in my head. And so um, I couldn't, you know, I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah. So for a while... Um, the campaign has now been wrapped up for several years. It lasted, I don't know, about a year and a half or so. And the comic's been going on for like five or six slowly. Um, but for a while they were going on at the same time. And, uh, but now, you know, it just continues on in the comic form.
0: Now, at some point you were actually, and, and I don't know if you're still doing this, you were actually drawing the stories, uh, based on the events in the campaign.
1: Yes. Yes. That's still, it's, it's kind of morphed a bit, but still I have the outline is still the basic outline of what happened in that campaign. Um, And that's going to be the case for, you know, the rest of it. Um, So eventually one day Clockworks will end. It will probably be a long time from now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I remember remember in uh, in one post years ago, a couple years ago, uh, you had mentioned that you had so much material left to cover and so much ground to cover from the campaign that you were like, you'd be drawing for a while. Yeah,
1: I, I, kept, I keep expanding how long I expect it to take. But at my current rate of doing one page a week, which is about what we've been keeping up for the last year or so, um, I've probably got another 15 years before I finish Clockworks.
0: Holy cow. And you're <laughs> you going gonna to keep it going for 15 years?
1: I, I plan on it, yeah, yeah.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. Yes.
1: Okay, that is, cool. I, have, I now have every intention of keeping that going as long as, you know. Because, I mean, at this point, I'm almost 200 pages in. I might as well go all the way.
0: Cool, oh, and I should explain by the way. Uh, Sean doesn't have a, a camera on his uh, on the computer oh, yeah. that he's on, so what we, what he's showing is actually a screen share of the work that he does uh, via Photoshop, nope. uh, and we'll we'll kind of look at some of that um, later on. Um, go ahead and uh, switch to his camera there. So yeah, so there's a
1: It's just a random page that I thought you know looked pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's... So at what point did you decide you wanted to become – so you you, you had announced um, an official – being an official licensee of Savage Worlds. Yes. Clarencia Press, and that was in 2012, correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't believe that's been three years. Oops. Yeah, yeah. So uh, (laughs) –
0: Yeah. Didn't mean for it to be an oops. No, 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 no it's no. okay. So you are still working on the manuscript for, um, for clockworks as an official setting, or are you kind yes. of leaning more toward fan setting? Which, uh, which way are you going with it?
1: We're still officially licensing, um, which is cool. So, um, yeah, what's going to happen next? Cause it turns out it's actually a lot of work to write an RPG setting. Yeah. <laughs> especially if you're drawing a comic at the same time and have a real job and, you know, all of that sort of thing. Um, and so it's, it's taken much longer than I really expected it to. But that was part of my thought process was I knew that it would take a long time. So I wanted to make sure to wait until the manuscript was completely done before I launched any sort of Kickstarter. Because my worst nightmare would be that like, if people had given me money in 2012 and I was still writing it right now, right. I would feel just horrible. Um, so I wanted to make sure that everything was done. It was close to being done before I was like, hey, buy this thing. Um, so eventually, yes, I'd still like to do the full setting. Um, what's going to happen first is the next thing on my agenda is the Clockworks Volume 1 ebook, uh, which will collect almost all of the story to date, uh, the first 16 chapters or 190 pages. And there's going to be a uh, quick start Savage Worlds appendix at the end of that. That'll be like 20 or 30 pages. That'll be just enough to kind of, you know, get started if people want to.
0: Nice. Very nice. And uh, are you going to stat up, like, the characters from the stories and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I've
1: still got everybody's stats, so I can just throw those together. Very cool. Yeah. Very
0: cool. So, um, and I'm sorry, what, what time frame are you thinking about
1: for, uh, for that volume? That one? will be this year. Um, hopefully this summer, maybe this fall. Just oh, wow. as soon as I can finish. Well, because I've got um, all the pages are basically done, but I'm going to go back through. I've been going back through and cleaning up a bit of the old art, but without going overboard. Right, and a lot of the writing from the manuscript is done. So, yes, as soon as I can, that volume one ebook will be out.
0: And what uh, what channels of distribution are you thinking of going with?
1: I'll uh, probably drive through comics, um, nice. maybe Amazon as well, but definitely drive through comics slash drive through RPG. If I do the quick start, as like a separate freebie. It'll be up on drive through RPG.
0: Will that be available as a as a print on demand as well, or or just strictly uh, a PDF?
1: You know, I really have to look at the on demand kind of price and quality on that um it's possible um the the plan is pdf and anything else is a maybe
0: okay cool that's really cool that's exciting i didn't realize it was gonna be that soon
1: yeah yeah
0: awesome and um uh i forgot what else i was gonna ask about that <laughs> oh uh are you thinking about doing like is it gonna be a kickstarter thing or just straight up offer it up as a pdf right off the bat
1: um the ebook will definitely be just for sale okay uh, the eventual Savage Worlds full setting book will 100% be a Kickstarter because I want to, you know, hire a real editor and pay other artists to help draw stuff and you know, all that sort of thing.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So, so speaking of Kickstarters, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Streets of Bedlam. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a really successful Kickstarter program or, you know, offering and uh, it funded, it did really well. Um, lots of supplements for it. How did you get involved with the, you know, being the illustrator, for that,
1: uh, for that product. I had known um, Jason, uh, Jason Blair, who wrote Streets of Bedlam and also did Little Fears um, on Twitter. And we've never actually met in person. We've literally never met in person. We now live maybe four hours away. Uh, but um, I'd known him on Twitter, and we'd chatted, and you've been friendly. And he announced his new Kickstarter for Streets of Bedlam, Savage Worlds, uh, film noir, dark and gritty uh, setting book. And I was like, oh, this looks great. So I retweeted it. Cause I figured people who like my stuff would like that as well. And, uh, sent him a tweet that was like, Hey, if you're looking for people to draw that, I know a guy. And he sent me a message that was like, well, do you want to draw the entire book? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which I was not expecting. I was thinking, Oh yeah, I'll do like a dozen or half dozen illustrations. That'd be really cool. And he's like, no, let's do the whole thing. Um, and so it took me a minute, but I decided, you know, he made me an offer. I couldn't refuse. Uh, and, um, so, uh, yes, exactly. Um, so I drew the whole book, um, and it was a lot of fun and it was a lot of work, but it came out really well. And I'm really, now I have a book on my shelf that, you know, is full of my pictures, which is pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. yeah I got to say, I think you did an excellent job of, of, uh, uh, tying that whole book together, uh, cover, cover to, to, from front cover to back cover. Um, and I think you, you even did at, at some point during the Kickstarter, you were showing or he posted sort of iterations of the front cover,
1: yeah, yeah, um, we, we did a whole blog series that was the entire development of that front cover illustration.
0: Yeah, that was really cool watching that happen. I love the, uh, the sort of the grit that you put into it. It's, it's a very similar grit that you have with uh, Clockworks. You, you do a really good job, I think, of, um, you know, with the highlights and, and the shadows and the, uh, you know, playing with dynamic lighting and things like that.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, in <clears throat> fact, that, that illustration you have up right now, um, that, that's oh, yeah. a really good example.
1: That's just sort of been, you know, figuring. And that's part of the setting of Clockworks is it's a bit, um, it's got a bit of a noir vibe to it compared to most steampunk stuff. And it's got a bit of a a diesel dystopian, uh, diesel punky cyberpunk vibe compared to a lot of steampunk. Um, And that's just part of the world.
0: Yeah. You definitely get that sense. You definitely get that sense. I remember the first shot, uh, one of the first drawings you did where you sort of got the, uh, the city level, you know, that it was like a a side cut kind of, or side view. Oh yeah, yeah. city, and that was
1: that big map. Let me see yeah,
0: that was phenomenal, and that was the first time you really get a get a sense of the vastness of this multi-layered city.
1: I know I can bring up the other shot of the city, but cool. Yeah, is that here? I'll do cancel. We It's one of these around here.
0: Yeah. So when I heard you were doing the uh, the artwork for. Um... Streets of Bedlam. I was like, "That's that's perfect." That's I can't think of a, of, a, of another person that could do it better. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah. I was really
0: excited with it. Um, yeah. Oh, here
1: we go. Um, this isn't the exact piece you're talking about. But this is the city and
0: clockwork. Right, Works. right, yeah.
1: Um, with a nice train in front, and our heroes looking out the train, being a little sad.
0: Yeah, and what's kind of cool is when you're when you're reading the comic when when they were in when they were back when they were in Clarencia, uh, the city, uh, when you're reading the comic, you get that sense of sort of there's somewhere deep and dark in the, in the, yeah, yeah. Of the city. Like there's no, there's no sunlight, you know, exactly. no matter what time yeah. of day it is, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and
1: that was um, very deliberate because I knew, I knew eventually they would leave the city. Um, and so kind of like, I'm sure you played final fantasy seven back in the day, like the first 12 hours of that, you're in the big city and then you leave. And all of a sudden, you know, there's trees and hills and light, And I really wanted to capture that sort of idea.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: Which was interesting because, you know, that ended up being like almost 200 pages before we left Quarantine City. So it kind of got really oppressive, but I think it works in the long run.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, how many pages have you done so far in Clockworks?
1: Uh, The latest page is page 193, not counting the chapter uh, headers. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because each chapter starts with a new page. So there were... 210 altogether I guess nice, Very nice. Goes, yeah cool
0: so yeah um yeah, Streets of, Bedlam, yeah um, Streets of Bedlam yeah and uh it was yeah phenomenal artwork um I really love the 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 high contrast that you have in your in, in your artwork for that book um and uh I think and, and you have splashes of red uh, like typically with blood and things like that. Don't, yeah. That, yeah. Which I thought was really cool.
1: We only like, got to do that on the cover, I think, cause the interior is all black and white, but yeah, the cover has the red.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so there were, there were a number of supplements, um, I, I think like additional archetypes and. Yep. Uh, things of that, uh, of that nature. So beyond just the original books, you, you were able to do illustrations for those supplements as well, correct?
1: Yeah. That and was were- all part of the original Kickstarter deal.
0: Right, right. Uh, so are, is there, are there plans to expand that? You know, like any of the, I believe uh, so.
1: I know Jason wants to do a um, like Streets of Bedlam companion, uh, like a main follow-up sort of player's guide um, second book. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and I don't know what his plans are for when that's going to happen, but I know it's on the agenda for you know someday.
0: So yeah, some some point in the next few years, we'll see.
1: That's a really nice detail there. <clears throat> that was one of the first pictures I ever drew for Streets of Bethel. Was this guy? Um,
0: but yeah, tell me about that character. Who is he?
1: Oh, he is. I forgot his name. It's been a couple years. He is the archetype for the monster. Uh, so, Savage World, since everybody's a human, or since Streets of Bedlam, since everyone is a human, uh, you don't have the normal Savage Worlds things where you have different races. Um, so, instead of having elves or dwarves or whatever, um, the kind of race mechanical niche is filled in by these different archetypes. Um, like your detectives and your assassins and so on and so forth. Uh, this guy's the monster, who's um, almost like a. You could either be Marv from Sin City or you could be Batman. You're just kind of a violent vigilante type who's maybe doing good and maybe not so much.
0: Right. Um, (laughs) Or doing good really hard.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And so this guy was the um, signature monster character because what we did that was fun in this was each of the main archetypes had a signature character and then all of the other illustrations in the book are those characters. So I got to then draw them in fun combinations. Um, so you'd have this guy, you know, beating up the gang member and stuff like that.
0: That's and right. He, I remember that. Yeah. 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 So
1: Fli- I'm flipping through the book right in front of me right now, actually. Awesome.
0: <laughs> awesome. As you should be. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. a great book. Yeah. Should ad- admire. Do you, do you just sit down and just admire your own work every now and then? Just like, oh, that looks so great. I'm so I, awesome.
1: <laughs> I have the opposite effect where anything I did before, you know, the latest couple of things I've done, all I see are the flaws. And the awesome. things that I would go back and change. So it's yeah. If I look at my old artwork, i just like, oh man, that's 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 so terrible. So like I want to typical, go back and fix that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Typ- typical your own worst critic. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: 100. percent Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't be an artist otherwise, right?
1: Right. Right. There's so, still some parts in Streets of Bedlam that I like. There's some stuff that you know. Every once in all, find an old piece of mine. I'm like, oh, that's not too terrible.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, was there anything in Streets of Bedlam that through that experience or through the illustrations that you did from there that you brought with you back to Clockworks?
1: Um, Yeah. And it actually, I had to kind of unlearn it a little bit um, because for a little while, while I was working on Streets of Bedlam at the same time, um, there was also a big fight scene going on in Clockworks. And I think Clockworks actually got a lot darker and bloodier than I would have done it otherwise and I, and I think, it, you know, in hindsight it works out and it, you know, sets the tone for that part of the story and it's cool. Um, but for a while, Clockworks was, like, really kind of, you know, a bloody, noirish uh, story. <laughs> Not unlike Streets of Bethlehem. I think it's because I was working on both of them at the same time. Um, but as far as stuff keeping after that, um, I don't know. Actually, I do know something. Is one of the, what was this, chapter one? I started really kind of exploring... The uh, doing like photo collage backgrounds, which is now such an important part of the comic,
0: right? Yeah, I've seen a lot of that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and so, so like this one was the first one that I'm really happy with. Um, so we have if you, I don't know if you're tabbed over to me yet or not. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so we have like the characters walking around in the rain, and the rain itself uh, was all drawn, but that like street, uh, the pawn shop and stuff. I uh, was built in Photoshop out of reference photos. Um, and the posters, there's like my friend's band poster and you know, the show that I used to put on and stuff like that. I kind of snuck in there. That's really cool. A local artist that I really like, uh, does these eye decals everywhere. And so I snuck that in there too. <clears
0: nice. <clears <throat> nice. So um, but you're yeah, showing, you're showing a lot of cool stuff. So I'm going to keep it locked on your screen share here.
1: Yeah, no problem. That's,
0: that's really good stuff there. Um,
1: so this was the chapter one in, um, streets of bedlam and that was really one of my first experiments trying to building these weird photo collages um and mixing the characters into it and so i do that a lot in clockworks now
0: can you pull up an example of uh of where you did that in clockworks
1: yeah sure somewhere let me see what page that is 190 is a good example As I'm, you know, slowly flipping through Photoshop. All right. So this is, um, oh, that's not the page I want.
0: <laughs> is that how yes. you start off with, with rough, rough sketches like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, cool. I do all of the line art by hand. Um, but I'll usually do like a rough doodle in Photoshop just to get a layout of the page.
0: Oh, right, right. Where you're going to frame things and... yeah, and, yeah.
1: And then I'll go and draw it because I'm much better at drawing with a pen than I am with a tablet. So, Mm -hmm.
0: So yes, here is big crazy. That was a recent one.
1: Yeah, yeah. this is just a few pages ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So our heroes have arrived. They've left Clarence City. Uh, They arrived in Paravo, which is another city and country nearby. Um, And I wanted to do a big establishing shot so that you really got a sense of the place.
0: Yeah, and you do a really good job of layering the, uh, you know, the force perspective, you know, with a large... Larger foreground, yeah. um, tinier you know, background and whatnot. That's really good.
1: And let's see. We can even zoom in there. <laughs>
0: nice. This is this
1: is 100%. This is the scale that I actually make the comic at. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah. And this was all um, from the archives on uh, Flickr has um, the commons, which is just this huge collection of, um, creative Commons and public domain photos um, that you can search for that people have uploaded. Um, so I would find, you know, like, doo, 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 doo. you know, these buildings are from one photo, and these ships are from an entirely different photo, and these buildings are from something, and you know, all of that. So there were maybe a dozen different photos that went into that.
0: That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: awesome. And they were all black and white, so then I kind of, you know, tinted them to be in color. And, you Build stuff. I guess I can so, turn off the words so you can see that whole section that's covered up. How long does it take
0: <laughs> you to put one of these
1: together? Um, the big collages? Uh, depends. Maybe a couple of days. Um,
0: like straight?
1: Well, no, yeah. Sleep and you know. Four hours, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 48. This was maybe, maybe 10 to 12 hours, which is more than a usual Clockworks page, but right. it was also the first page of a new chapter and the first page of a new setting. So I really wanted to, you know,
0: yeah, you want to drive go all out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to say here we are. This is, you know, people give it in mind mm-hmm. the more standard sort of, I almost compare a lot of the clockworks art to a um, side scrolling video game. Oh, like when our heroes are walking around town, I kind of think of it that way when I'm, you know, imagining it in my head. Um, like a 2D platformer.
0: Yeah. I remember there there's a couple uh, of chase scenes early on where uh, it, it looked exactly like that. Like they were like jumping yeah, on the yeah. tops and stuff and yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, I'm going to have to do some of those again. Some do, 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 slowly loading. I've got so many things open right now. Sorry, Photoshop. <laughs> I do like five pages of stuff open. Photoshop is cranky at me. Because these files are all, you know, ridiculously large. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so here we go. Right, so at the top there. So this is a normal sort of street scene in Clockworks, although... Standard marching. It's a bit more co- colorful now that we've left... Yeah. <laughs> now that we've... Oh,
0: I think you're Left. Oh, uh, club- you, and, you know. Yeah. Cool.
1: That's really uh, cool, man. So yeah, so I wanted that big establishing shot to keep in mind, so once you saw this, you could place them in that picture. Right. But yes, that is a thing I learned from Streets of Bedlam and brought back to the comic.
0: Have you played Streets
1: <laughs> of Bedlam, by the way? I have. Not a ton, but I've gotten to run it a couple of times. Cool. I really enjoyed it.
0: Very cool. Anything from the, from the game that you've brought to your uh, Clockworks? So, Clockworks is based on the campaign, as you said uh, previously. Yes. Uh, is there anything that you brought game wise uh, from, from Streets of Bedlam into uh, Clockworks? Um,
1: into, oh, um, I don't know. Well, because the Clockworks home game I ran before I got to run Streets of Bedlam. Oh,
0: okay. Um, okay. So that ended before Streets of Bedlam came about? Yes. Okay.
1: I believe so. Or it was wrapping up right around the same time. I'm trying to, you know, remember dates and years. But yes, more or less. <laughs> right.
0: What about in the, uh, in the development of the, uh, of the setting, in, you know, like setting rules or
1: anything like that? Is there anything you're looking at that's like, oh, maybe this could work? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, not so much. Well, some of the edges and stuff. I've, I'm going to have a note that's like, you can steal these. Um, the one thing I've been really impressed by uh, lately was the new uh, Superpowers Companion. Mm-hmm. It's a really good fit for the Clockworks setting. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Because one of the problems, actually, so in the original uh, Clockworks home game, that's what I refer to the campaign that the comic is based on, is the Clockworks home game. Um, the uh, Weird Science, instead of using the normal Savage World rules, we used the necessary evil super's rules, oh. which ended up being uh, completely overpowered to everyone else. So what happened in the original campaign was that because of the way we were using the different rules mashed together, uh, Toby, who was the weird scientist, ended up being just infinitely more powerful than every other character. Uh, but the new superpowers companion uh, does a really good job of putting limits on that, and I think it actually worked really well. Interesting. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. If, uh, I would love to hear about that, how that works out.
1: There will be, it will probably be, I'll probably put it as an optional rule in the, um, the quick start. Right. Uh, you know, either, you know, use the book as rule or if you've got the superpower, do this.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's a little, uh, GM or, or, uh, uh sorry, uh, author advice. Yeah. Yeah. Advice. That's pretty cool. Cool. So, um, let's see what else we got. Um, so yeah, I think I asked most of these already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can you tell us about the, uh, the, the development of the setting itself? How far along are, you know, are you in that? And, um, you know, as an RPG product,
1: yeah. uh, I want to say the manuscript, which is now kind of on the back burner as I move forward with the little quick start at the back of the, uh, comic is, um, about halfway written. Um, and a lot of it's been funny because I've been, I would add stuff, um, and then we would play test it, and I would take it out. Ah. Uh. Because um, I, I was like, oh, I'm cool, I'm going to add some extra rules for this. And I was like, oh, we don't need extra rules for this. Um, like, there was a whole system uh, where each character uh, had a humor. Like, you were vitreous or sanguine or whatever, which fit very much in the, the sort of setting of it. Um, but it was just unnecessarily fiddly and mechanically complicated. Mm-hmm. So I'd spend a lot of time, you know, writing stuff and researching stuff and then throw it all away. Um.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: But, you know, it's, but that's how you know that, you know, you don't need it. Right, um. right. <laughs> But, yeah, um, the, the main setting book is, yeah, um, kind of sitting on the back burner now as I worry about the other stuff for a while. Right. Um, but it's about halfway written.
0: And um, you, have that, uh, you have that available as a public Google Doc. Or, yeah, or yeah. So anybody who –
1: Anybody who wants to see, yeah, each chapter is their own Google Doc. They're in the uh, there's a link to it on the comic site.
0: Yeah, that's and, under the uh, uh, the RPGs or RPG heading or, yep. or menu item on the on the site.
1: Yes, yes. So yeah. you can also um, anybody can go and read them. They can also leave comments,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and suggestions, and so on and so forth. Uh, keep in mind that I'm not currently you know focused on that. So. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> You're like this section's half empty. I'm like, well, yes, that's it's gonna stay that way for a little bit.
0: And, and, and just to clarify, having it publicly available does not necessarily mean that people can take it and republish it or anything to that effect. It's strictly for soliciting feedback.
1: Um, they can actually, so uh, Clockworks itself, uh, the Savage World rules aren't, but Clockworks itself is actually available via a Creative Commons license.
0: Oh, okay, so people can produce. Uh, you can
1: do all sorts of stuff. That's uh, fantastic. Clockworks, the comic, and the eventual Savage World setting is a uh, Creative Commons 4.0... See if I remember the exact details of it. Uh, You have to give me credit. You can remix it. You can make any changes. You have to keep the same license, and you can't sell it. A non-commercial BY, whatever, whatever. It's all written on the site. Um, But basically, yes, you are free to take any of the Clockwork stuff, be it the comic, be it the uh, role-playing game setting, anything that I've written, and um, make your own variations or translations or riffs or remixes or goofy parodies or anything you want uh, so long as you give me credit and you don't sell it. it right. is basically the short of it
0: so if they want to extend the setting to uh you know add new locations or if they want to create new edges or hindrances or let's say even like an archetype kind of a thing or powers even that it's the creative commons license is going to allow them to do that
1: um, sort of the, so the Savage Worlds rules and they have a really nice fan license. Uh, the Savage Worlds rules aren't covered under the creative commons. That's, that's still right. copyright by clinical.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh, so they you can't put, put out a fan license. Like, yeah. They have a great that.
1: fan license that, um, you can do all sorts of really cool stuff with. Um, but you could like make up adventures or new nations or, you know, all sorts of things really. You can make your own comic set in the clockworks world.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just run with it. Um, and if you want to sell it, you know, talk to me and we'll work out something. But, right, right. Yeah, if you just want to make it and you know, have fun with it, yeah, absolutely,
0: 100%. Very cool. Very yeah. cool.
1: Um, I'm a big proponent of Creative Commons, so. Yeah, there's, there's, there's of, been
0: a, some good things that have come out of Creative Commons. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so what do you plan to take the story in Clockworks?
1: <sighs> is that like
0: spoiler alerts? I mean, know? it
1: is spoiler alert, but I can give you a vague, uh, you know, the non-spoilery version. So it's a big, epic story. It's very much a role-playing game sort of campaign story. And part of the reason I'm finally compiling the book one uh, ebook is that we've now finally gotten to the point in the story where I have you know, revealed who our main villain is. I've revealed what they want. You know, after keeping this a mystery for 100-and-something pages, 180-something pages, I think. And so now, you know, our heroes are now traveling the world. Their heroes have left Clarencia. They've left the Rare Republic. And, you know, the rest of the story is now going to be them, you know, traveling the world and getting in misadventures and also trying to track down Brigitte. Uh, spoiler, if you're not that far on the comic, sorry. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Track down Brigitte and um, just stop her from doing whatever it is she's trying to do and figure out, you know, kind of why she wants this mystical artifact and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's very much a big role playing game traveling the world sort of epic adventure and we've only just now left the city um, so the next couple of chapters uh, they're in Paravo which is this new country where their new friend Julius these guys, it's where all these people if you look over on my screen yeah, it's this guy and his family, they live in Paravo and they're rich as you can tell because they have fancy hair and gold things everywhere
0: that's right, that's right <laughs> That's how you know people are rich.
1: Yeah, yeah. If your house is covered in gold and you've got a really big dumb hair, but also if you have a robot butler.
0: I was going to say, the robot butler is the, usually the dead giveaway.
1: <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so uh, they're going to be hanging out with these guys for a little bit and then hitting the road, uh, hitting the seas and skies and so on. Um, but yes, it is a huge epic travel adventure.
0: Nice. So, so I just realized, we've been talking about Clockworks, but um, we never really covered what Clockworks is in oh, terms yeah. of the setting itself. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Um, Clockworks is a, uh, I call it a whatever punk epic these days, because it's sort of steampunk. It's sort of right on the verge between steampunk and diesel punk, and, you know, whatever. Fantasy, uh, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a steampunk fantasy setting, um, kind of dystopian. Um, it's really, at this point, kind of everything that I find personally very interesting, Uh, finds a place into the clockworks world um so there's a lot of um yeah dystopian stuff a lot of um, just anything i feel like exploring kind of makes its way in there but it's also a world of like high adventure and comics and excitement and fun
0: right so like the main characters themselves are for example uh they're they're constables but they're not constables and well they're, they're official but they're um it's right. Like you, you can become licensed to be. rent rent-a-cops, basically. Right, right. Uh,
1: yeah, so in uh, the Great Republic, the National Police is, and see, this is where, you know, I've done so much developing on the setting. Uh, the National Police run the entire police. There's not like your local state and city police. Uh, it's just they're all a branch of the military, essentially. But some of the neighborhoods are rougher, and, you know, the cops don't want to go there. So you can buy a license to have your own, you know, private constables. And uh, as the story begins, our heroes are the private constables for the Bronze Garden neighborhood on the fifth level of Clarencia City. Clarencia City has 11 levels. Uh, the fifth level is about the last not good one <laughs> before you move up to the nicer ones. <laughs> nice. Let's see. Excellent. I've got the... Somewhere in here I've got page. Was it 190? It was... Oh, no, wait, that's the... Bravo. Bravo. I should remember what page has Clorency City on it. It's one of these around here. There we go. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah. So let's
1: see: eleven, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. Our heroes come from right down here. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, so four, uh, two, and one in Clarency City are actually entirely underground. Uh, they've just built up the whole city around them by this point that they are just basically underground slums. Uh, whereas Eleven is like this majestic city of the future. right? Um, right. Which, yeah.
0: So, so talk a little bit about the races in, uh, in Clockworks, and this is sort of where the fantasy element kind of comes in, right?
1: Right, right. So um, there's just the two, really. Um, there's humans and changelings. And changelings have gone through a couple different names over the years, in part because when I first started Clockworks, um, changeling the Lost had just come out which was White Wolf's remake of the old Changeling, the dreaming game. And I didn't want to call them changelings because there was a new game called Changeling, but eventually I decided that that's what they are. And, you know, just stick with it. Uh, but yeah, so humans, changelings, changelings are humans who were born like normal people. And when they were little kids, uh, disappeared and were either swapped with or mutated into elves, trolls, goblins, and the like, um, Basically, any sort of fantasy fey creature you can think of um, falls under that umbrella. Um, And changelings, along with magic, first appeared about 50 years ago in the setting. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's no changelings older than, you know, 49 or something like that.
0: And I'm sure there's a reason for that.
1: Yes, yes. Um, And that's, you know, one of the big setting mysteries and so forth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, We'll keep that as a reveal for later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So so the two characters that are uh, Changelings in the, uh, in the comic, tell us about them.
1: Uh, Toby, who is the orange guy up there, uh, looking sad, is a uh, giant troll. Uh, Ophelia is a blue elf lady. Um, and they have very different... One of the things I like about Clockworks is the Changelings um, kind of serve a place almost like uh, mutants in like the Marvel X-Men comics. Um, so they have very different family backgrounds. Ophelia... Uh, her parents were kind of freaked out when their lovely baby daughter was turned into a blue elf and then started doing creepy water magic. Uh, so they took her lower in the city and dropped her off in an orphanage when she was maybe four or five. Where Toby's parents were like, well, this horrible little orange troll baby is our baby and we love him. And so they raised him, you know, and were very fiercely protective um, and loyal. And um, so you kind of get to explore those different family dynamics, which is one of the things I really like about the setting.
0: And didn't, uh, didn't Toby's parents actually make an appearance in the comic? They did. Part? Yeah. yeah uh, way cool. back
1: around page 50 or so. Yeah. Um, Toby's grandpa showed up and then Toby's mom and dad joined the comics right.
0: briefly. That's right. Yeah. That's yes. pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're fun. They're, you know, he's an eccentric inventor and his mom's kind of a nerdy librarian type.
0: I loved when you put <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, big ass suit on. That was pretty awesome.
1: Oh yeah. The giant, I had been waiting. There are a couple of pages that i've had in my head since the comic began and that was one of them that i just knew was going to be exciting that uh, for anybody who doesn't know around page 110 or so uh toby builds this giant uh steampunk iron man mecha suit um we don't really have a good name for it it's the running joke is mecha toby
0: but that doesn't really fit
1: <laughs> in the setting that's just you know what i and the players called him uh, and that happened in the original game toby uh began the game uh, And didn't have any dots in Weird Science yet, or any points in Weird Science yet. uh, And then picked up the edge and built himself a power armor. um, About the time the characters hit Seasoned, I think it was. Or something like that. That's awesome. And um, So yeah, I knew there was this great reveal where all of a sudden you know he's got this power armor on. And then he wants to go off and fight the bad guys. Um, And there's been a couple pages since then. um, Where uh, Thornton shoots out Lukov's other eye. I was really excited to yeah. you know, wait and show that. Um, and then just the uh, in a slightly odder one, the, uh, where they find Julius naked with the bomb, which oh, happened right. um, just a couple months ago, I think. Um, yeah, and I've just been waiting for that one for a long time because it just amused me.
0: Yeah, the bomb one was, was hilarious. It was, they were just like... Uh, They're like, because they yeah. think
1: he's a bad guy, and they run in there like... And that happened. That was scene for scene uh, from the original game. That's awesome. Yeah, they had, you know... And Toby, uh, that was one of those little bits that um, I've just kept from the original Was Toby's flair had guessed that Brasheat was the bad guy, and everybody else was like, no, no, it's Julius. Julius is really the bad guy. And he's like, well, what? And they just shot him down. <laughs> and guy. then they find awesome. Julius, yeah, strapped to a chair with a bomb, and Toby, you know, yells, I knew it. Yeah, told you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: awesome. So, yeah, we talked about... um uh, okay, I guess I could of- give...
1: The, oh, uh, I was going to say, I guess I could give the, the history or development of how Clockworks came to be and stuff, if you want. Because we yeah. kind of touched on
0: that a bit. Yeah, we did. We did it. Yeah. If you want to expand on that, feel free. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, Clockworks was actually the third uh, campaign I've ever played or run in this world. And I um, yeah, talked about how, like, it, but originally, I'd had this idea for sort of a fantasy uh, game about, like, a technological world where gods and magic come back and, you know, there's that conflict. And I didn't know of a system that I wanted to play into it, because I'd mostly, up to that point, this was all ten years ago or so, I've uh, been running uh, like Vampire and World of Darkness games, like that's basically all I ran, gm in the '90s. And um, my friend Luke, who uh, was on Fear the Boot and later the podcast, and is now just a doctor, you know, only a doctor,
0: right?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, was was hey, I got this new game, Savage Worlds. I'm gonna run a game, and you can play it. And I played in his game, which was called Ruins, uh, which was set in this sort of um, post-apocalyptic fantasy uh, primitive world where we're just now emerging um, after this you know, terrible uh, magical apocalypse and rebuilding civilization. And I had a lot of fun with it, and I, said, I asked him, uh, hey, can I use your setting here? Because we were actually from the village of Clarencia. I was like, hey, I've got this idea for another, this kind of steampunk fantasy game I want to do. Can I use your setting and just set it, you know, 2,000 years later? And he said yes. And so I got to steal a lot of his place names and, you know, some of the old religion and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. And so then I ran into this game called New Dawn, which was set um, 50 years before Clockworks. Um, And, you know, I'd not run Clockworks yet, but... uh, And that was... uh, sort of American Gods meets Final Fantasy VI was my basic idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got technology and you've got weird old magic and religion coming back and uh, people turning into elves and stuff like that. And uh, this big war broke out across the whole country. Um, If you look way back, about the time when Toby's grandpa showed up in the comic, when he tells his story, uh, there's the flashback to that other group of player characters, which I can link somewhere, but I don't want to look up the exact page. Uh, Those were the player characters in New Dawn. Okay. That was our previous band of heroes. <laughs> um, and That's pretty we're gonna see, cool. Yeah. We're actually going to see one of them again in, uh, you know, eventually. Oh, neat. Uh, yeah. Um, the general that they're going to see in the Free Islands once they finally get there. Um, if they finally get there. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we got 15 years, right?
1: Right, right. So, um, so yeah. So, I ran this game called New Dawn, and it was a lot of fun. And it cuts out on the back burner a few years later. Um, I, was, I had an idea for a campaign. I was like, "Hey guys, we want to do a sequel to New Dawn, set 50 years later, and you know, in Clarencia City, because as the uh, no, I got the loudest chair ever. Sorry. Um, <laughs> in New Dawn, the Great Republic were the villains. Uh, they were the ones running around invading all the other countries, um, in sort of you know the evil empire kind of way. Um, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool to do a game where we set you know in that country and you know, explore it a bit more? Um, and I had this idea for a story, and it's you know stuck around and so that's how the game came around and then the comic came around like i said and it's been here ever since and then people wanted to play it so i've been you know sort of trying to work out (laughs) making the uh setting available to them so what what sold you on uh on savage worlds um it was fun it was literally the tagline was completely accurate uh the first time i played it i really enjoyed it and it was what was it fast furious and fun yeah 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 it um it completely lived up to what it you know set out to do at least for me it
0: just uh-huh. hit, all, hit, hit all the right uh, all, all the right spots for you yeah yeah I got to make
1: a character I wanted to and he was fun to play, so that you know <laughs>
0: excellent. excellent
1: yeah,
0: yeah that's kind of how I felt with it or, or felt about it too um, for me it was uh right at the turning point where uh, my my wife was pregnant we were about to have our first kid and um, i had we had just moved as well to a different state and uh, you know I was like i I could try to get some of my friends, you know, my new friends and uh, actually my cousin as well into D and D, but it was just way too much to try to get them into it. And, uh, and I just didn't have the time and, and energy to, to run a D and D campaign. And, oh, yeah. uh, someone introduced me to Savage World and I, I was just like, Oh my God, this is
1: fast and easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just everything I needed and I just wanted out of an RPG. And, um, you know, I, I kind of call it the good enough system. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, that's good enough. I'm, I'm good with that. I, can, I yeah. can run that, and I can play it, and I'm happy, you know. Yep. You know.
1: There are other games I like more for specific things, yeah. but it's a, it's a great fallback system for basically everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, it just kind of covers it well enough, you know, whatever yeah. it is you're trying to do. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's well enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so what about other uh, Clockworks products or spinoffs? Or are, you, are you thinking of doing
1: anything else with it? Um, right now my main focus is the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and just you know keeping that going um, obviously the collection and the quick start um, they're actually um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this uh, there theoretically maybe a board game in the next year or so
0: theoretically
1: uh, theoretically yeah. it's, it's nothing's been signed nothing's been you know right. set stone, but could it, just as maybe,
0: easily be a card game or whatever else so we'll just say theoretically yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there could possibly yeah. be a board game that uh, my friends might be making um, which would be amazing and I will be helping with the arts and so on and so forth.
0: Pretty cool. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, but that's that's a few meetings away. Um, but I would I would love to see you know more other stuff. I just kind of need to either make it or make enough of a baseline for other people to build off of it.
0: You know, speaking of artwork, by the way, and uh, and for games, if you if when you do finally get the uh, Savage Worlds RPG setting done, you know, uh, the adventure deck, a nice adventure deck with some good artwork. Would be pretty awesome.
1: That's not a bad idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be a nice accessory to have.
1: That's not a, the one nice thing about the uh, eventual Savage World setting is I've got right now 200 pages of old artwork.
0: That's right. Yeah, you're covered, but man.
1: <laughs> anytime I need to fill in some stuff, I have plenty yeah. of options. I, there's actually going to be a lot of new artwork that I want to put into it, but you know.
0: Cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want it, you don't want it to all be recycled. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah. but Cool. I've got anytime I need spot fillers, I was like, Oh yeah, I've, I've got that covered. <laughs>
0: so, uh, so we're kind of coming to the end of the hour here. i want to ask you a couple more questions. Um, yeah, absolutely. not necessarily related to the clockworks if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Um, so you're also a DJ. Yes. That's so tell me about that. Like, how did you get into that as well?
1: Oh, that was, I started back in college just playing techno music at people's, you know, dorm room parties. Um, and then just kept doing it. Um, went through, I did a, I've actually started kind of taking it easy on DJing because I don't listen to a lot of new music anymore. Like mostly I'm just mm-hmm. listening to the soundtracks and stuff these days.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Then I kind of went and did a bunch of goth nights for a bunch of years and then did a um, bunch of like electro stuff and like indie rock stuff. And what I've mostly been DJing the last five years or so have been, uh, burlesque shows and like the parties associated afterwards. And that's just a ton of fun. You Those just are,
0: did a, You actually just asked a, 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 a gaming geekery question related to. Uh, I did. Yes. Show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, a- I just ran a, a giant burlesque festival, and uh, I, I picked up various bruises and cuts and scrapes and fatigue over the weekend. I was like, okay, so in your game system of choice, you know what? How much damage have I taken over this weekend? And uh, I put it on Google Plus now. So put it on RPG Net as a thread. Yeah, and the results were really fun because depending on what game people are running, I either uh, am not at all impaired. Uh, I've got a pretty hefty penalty, maybe a negative one or negative two in Savage Worlds, or I'm dead. <laughs> if I'm an old uh, like first edition AD&D character, I'm dead right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. one,
0: one hit point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I've I've taken you know at least five hit points of damage and I'm out.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes. A cat could kill you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so along those lines, have you ever, um, for your for your campaign, did you ever produce a, a playlist or anything to that effect, or done a set oh, yeah. for for your uh, gaming?
1: I don't um, DJ, but I do do playlists um, because I can't do a DJ set because I'm you know, busy running the game. But
0: no, I, yeah, I didn't know if you like recorded one yeah. in advance and then played. No, it. No, but something.
1: I am a uh, addict for. Here, I'll open this up. iTunes playlists. Um, and normal campaigns, I might have like four or five different playlists. Yeah. Um, like there might be the regular one and an action playlist and so on. Uh, for the actual Clockworks campaign, I went completely overboard and insane. Wow.
0: You are not kidding. Look over here.
1: Yeah, there are, I want to say like 30-some playlists. Um, and there's the general Clockworks. We had this theme song that played at the start of every session, um, which is Rob Dugan's Will You Follow Me?, which... Eventually, we got to the point. My friend who played Thornton in the show uh, played that at his wedding, oh, like wow. just just during the dinner, because um, you know a couple a bunch of us were there. Uh, but yeah, there's action, danger, action, excitement, action, final boss, uh, and then like towns for each of the different countries, because you know one of the different countries they have their own vibe, uh, creepy dungeons, uh, military, party, uh, romance, yeah, triumph, yeah. sadness, and then like the ending. Yeah, but yeah, I went completely overboard.
0: I, I don't have as an extensive <laughs> of a set, of a collection of uh, playlists, but um, for my Eberron game, I actually had a, um, a collection of playlists for things like aftermath, uh, adventure, action, um, exploration, horror, uh, yeah, all those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah,
1: This is a more normal one. Like the uh, I ran a Dungeon World game last summer. Nice. And this was, mm-hmm. you know, like about eight or ten playlists. And that was, you know...
0: Less ridiculous. (laughs) And you're right, it's it's addictive, man. It's so addictive. I've got a so I have a Google Play Music All Access account. Oh cool. And I am constantly just like scouring it for soundtracks and you know, just whatever is out there. Um there's even some stuff that you can get that's like ambient stuff like just like background noise, like jungle effects, you know, like if you're if you're in a you know like a tropical jungle kind of thing. Oh yeah, uh, and I'll use that sometimes. You know, so if they're, if they're like in Zendric or something like that, in, in Eberron, I'll, I'll throw that on there. So you got like parrots and you know birds making calls in the background, and you know rain coming down. It's it's awesome. yeah. I would like
1: to uh, mess with like Spotify or Google Play or something like that. You know, put a, a version of these people can listen to. Yeah, I think that uh, would
0: be fun. Yeah, yeah. If anybody knows, by the way, how to do it in iTunes, that'd be uh, that'd be cool. <laughs> Feel free to to put yeah, let comment. Us know. Yeah, comment comment on this and uh, let us know. So, cool. Um, So, what games are you playing now, man?
1: Um, I'm actually getting ready to start up a Dungeon World game. Oh, really? Cool. Yes. How Um, do you like Dungeon World? I love it. I love it so much. Um, It really, for for what I want right now, kind of hits my perfect sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's actually tangently related to the Clockwork. Basically, every campaign I've run since Clockworks has been set in some version of the Clockworks world. Because um, this one I'm like, well, I might as well. If I'm going to put the effort into making a game setting. Oh, yeah. I might as well be able to feed it back, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's an investment.
1: Um, yeah. So uh, the Dungeon World game is set in Northholm, which is a, uh, the country north of the Great Republic, um, which I don't know, might show up in the comic, will definitely be in the RPG. Um, so the Dungeon World game is actually the, like, mythic, legendary Northholm, so I don't have to worry about it. It's not historically accurate. Imagine I'm doing air quotes right now. Yeah, <laughs> to the fictional setting of Clockworks, but it's, you know, sort of a variant. It's a more over-the-top, fantastic version. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a bunch of, you know, Vikings and, you know, crazy um, barbarians and clerics and, you know, all sorts of cool stuff. Very cool. Yeah, but we had our uh, character creation, and we're getting ready to do the first one in a couple weeks.
0: Nice. And is that something you think you can bring back into the comic itself at some point, or...?
1: Probably. Um yeah yeah at least you know references or like you know side stories or legends or right. that sort of thing.
0: minor characters or something like that or yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah because um, this will be all set thousands of years before the comic but
0: oh okay oh so okay interesting but it could
1: be um very well like you know oh and the legends of that great hero who killed the frost giant so and so you know right somebody right. might Artif- bring up a story of that yeah, right. yeah or an artifact or something artifact, like
0: that yeah yeah it's pretty cool man
1: that's yeah, really
0: thanks. cool Yeah, this is amazing. Like, the the work you've done with Clockworks and making it a a sort of living, breathing thing that's just continuing to evolve is is incredible.
1: That's been uh, one of the most fun parts for it for me, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure even if, you know, once once you do get the uh, RPG setting out, that'll probably just be your starting point, right? I mean, I can imagine... You know, oh yeah,
1: yeah, I'd love to do more, you know, source books and you know, all of that
0: sort right, of Right, right. Like region guides and, and whatever it might be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I could totally see that.
1: That would be Region great. Guides and Adventures. What I want to do with the adventures, you know, when I ever get there mm-hmm. is that um, each one will have big stuff that could alter the campaign world in a couple of different ways. Oh, uh, yeah. so that everybody's Clockworks campaign will be yours. Right. So that if you run this campaign and, you know, you blow up Clarencia City, not that I'm saying that's what's going to happen, but, you know, as an example, if Godzilla attacks Clarencia City, (laughs) you know, your campaign is obviously very different now than, you know, the official one. Right. Um, And I really want everybody to be able to customize their own one in each unique ways.
0: So there's not like a singular meta plot. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the things I kind of like about Eberron um, is that, you know, they don't advance the timeline. Right, right. And, you know, specifically because they're also trying to make it such that everybody's Eberron is different.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: And they, they don't touch it, you know, which is cool. So I think, I think that'd, be, that'd be pretty awesome to see that in Clockworks where, yeah, you could have different outcomes. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what outcome you have. It's yours.
1: Exactly. It's like,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really Thank cool. You. Cool, man. All right, um, so yeah, we're like I said, we're kind of nearing the end of the hour here. Is there anything else that you want to throw out there uh, about Clockworks or anything else that you're working on, or just um, anything if, interesting about yourself? You know,
1: if people really like Clockworks, they can give me money yeah. at uh, <laughs> Patreon.com. Uh, I think it's slash S A G A S T O N. Uh, we'll put a link up on the side, and there's a link on the Clockworks page, um, and that has actually really changed how I approach making the comic. Um, it's been a great thing for the, you know, kind of health of updates of the comic itself is the fact that I get paid for them now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I totally forgot you were doing the Patreon thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should have mentioned it much sooner.
0: Yeah. But,
1: uh, no, no, it's great. Um, but, yeah, one of the, because the, the Patreon's been running for about a year now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really been this fantastic change where before, if I was like, oh, I, need, I have a bunch of bills, I need to make sure I get paid this month. I have to, you know, make sure I get a bunch of extra work done. I'm probably going to have to put the comic on hold for a while. Whereas now, it's like, oh, I've got a bunch of extra bills coming up. I'm getting ready to move to a different apartment just, you know, across the neighborhood. And I was like, oh, I need to make sure I, you know, keep making comics so that right. I can, you know, afford to do stuff. I'm right. on top of you know, day job and all that. But, yeah.
0: So what kind uh, of extras do do people get with the uh, through the Patreon?
1: Uh, mostly high-res downloads um, and kind of behind-the-scenes bonus artworks or sometimes I'll make up special prints of blown-up like particular panels or stuff like that. Um, if there's like a page that I'm drawing that I decide I really like the line art at all, you start building a thing around it. Nice. But generally, the the big one is... Uh, okay, and um, at the $5 level, it's um, full Photoshop files for not every page, but about one a month. Um, like, and, and my layers in Photoshop are insane. Um...
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Because you have a lot of effects going on in there.
1: Yeah. Like, do, 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 do. I guess I could yeah. Um, And then at $20, I will actually mail you the actual line art. Nice. Yeah. And there's a couple of people who, um, I've got three people who spend 20 bucks a month at least. Um, or some of them 20 bucks a page at least. Um, and yeah, I send them stuff. It's pretty cool.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, if I could afford it, I would do it.
1: Hey, <laughs> no problem. Hey, yeah. for $1 a month, you can help make Clockworks happen.
0: Um, I, I, might, I'm, I think I'm going to do that, man. I think I'm really <laughs> going to do that, honestly. Yeah, I don't know why I keep forgetting about it.
1: It's okay. So, uh, yeah. No, no, I've, I'm incredibly grateful to the people who have been throwing me money for the last year. And incredibly grateful to people who just read the comic and enjoy it. Um, you know, whether or not they have you know, money to throw at me. Um, and just you know, that I get to do this and that people enjoy it, that's awesome
0: yeah 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 so if uh for for those of you listening or watching either now or later yeah definitely check out um the clockworks homepage. uh there's a patreon link on there as if i recall correctly mm-hmm. and uh throw money at sean because <laughs> i like clockworks i'm gonna throw some money at it uh you know it might actually be a dollar a month
1: <laughs> you know?
0: but but uh yeah i think i think it'll also mean i'm I'm assuming this implies that the more money you get the 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 easier it'll also be to produce not just the comic, but even the um... RPG and
1: all that sort of thing. Yeah, right. absolutely.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think it's. That's actually uh... the
1: next stretch goal is um, once we get to 150 bucks a page, mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's currently at I think 125 or something like that. Um, I'll be doing at least once a week uh, role playing game setting uh, posts, oh, nice. uh, either with rules or setting stuff, and and all that's you know eventually going to make its way into the Clockwork Setting book. Right, um, but it's sort of a way to you know incentivize you know, okay, cool. Now I can you know post some you know gamer stuff.
0: Cool. So yeah. one thing, one thing I was going to ask you, I totally forgot to ask this earlier about the RPG, uh, your development of it. Um, a lot of licensees will sometimes you know get feedback and or solicit feedback from like Clint Black uh, mm-hmm. over at Pennyville. Have you had opportunities to interact with him in in that regard? Yeah,
1: no, yeah, we did actually. Cool. Um, he had some feedback on um, the stats for changelings. Mm-hmm. and um, some of it I listened to, some of it I disagreed with a bit, but, you know, we made it work. <laughs> yeah, right. But, yeah, yeah. He was actually very helpful with that. Cool. Um, I helpful. have one of my players um, who played Thornton in the original Clockworks game is fantastic at breaking game systems. Oh, uh, yeah. But he's also he's a great player, and I actually really love having him, um, especially on something like this, because he can really build a character and, you know, like if he wants to make somebody who's really good at something, he can find the way to just completely <laughs> min-max that out. Right. Break so it's great game. to have somebody yeah. like that when you're making a game because you're like, oh, hey, what's broken here? What can right. you break and tear apart and do I need to mess with? Um, and he had some great feedback from that too. Oh, well, That's cool. That's really <laughs> yeah. good.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good resource to have.
1: Yeah, yeah, you absolutely You want that yeah. player who can you know, destroy your game.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Find those gaps. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Pretty cool.
1: All right. Is that uh? Cool.
0: Yeah, I think uh, so. That's uh, that's time for us. Uh, All so right. Thank you, thank you again for doing this. This is uh. This hey, no problem.
1: Awesome. This has been a ton of fun.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where you take Clockworks. And uh, and again, for those of you who are, who are watching this now or later, go check it out. Um, it's sean Sean, dot slash Clockworks. Uh, I think there's a, a link in the description for this. Uh, if not, I'll I'll be sure to add it in the comment later. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks again, Sean. Uh, really, it's been, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no, so, thanks for having me.
0: Cool. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll wrap up now. And uh, thanks, for everybody, for, for listening. And thank you, Sean. And uh, I hope everybody has a good night. All right. Take care. Bye, folks.